This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, rewind, be kind, kids. Plus, Biz says goodbye to Steve. Teresa has a pet peeve. And we talked to Tim J. Myers about fatherhood. Woo! <laughs> that is the most parent-sounding yeah. opening we've ever done. And we really need to start rhyming them from <laughs> now on. <laughs> Steve and pet peeves. Yeah. Be kind, rewind. That yeah. was a lot of rhyming. It really was. How are you, Teresa? Not the best. Would you like a, a pizza? A little stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm a little stressed about just like realizing that school's going to start in a month. That's really stressing me out. Oh, like I realized oh. that this morning and I started to cry. So then I was like, okay, that's what's bothering me. Yeah. Um, so that's bothering me, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Okay. What I'm talking <laughs> about this morning is that thing. Tell me that somebody else's kids do this too, where there's stuff on the floor uh-huh. that my kids have dropped there whether it's a book a toy a shirt some undies whatever Garbage. somebody's something right. that's on the floor and it's messy and you have it on your mind that you want to pick it up but it's just there in the moment whatever you're talking to one of your kids and you see them as they're talking to you walk over to the thing and like put their foot on it and kind of like skate on it a little bit across the room (laughs) while they're talking to you and then just continue talking to you like as though that 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 thing so okay so here's the problem i'm having okay so both of my kids do this curtis isn't doing it yet yes but he absolutely will because both of the other ones do it right and it's so annoying to me (laughs) because what it is is like this I'm gonna interact with this thing as though it's totally fine that it's on the floor and it's not my job to pick it up well I put it there so I could come interact with it later I know know. (laughs) it's so it's like I'm so infuriated by how carefree they are I guess (laughs) Like, I'm just like... I just skate across uh, the floor on my underpants, like, carefree. When I'm in, like, the best place, yeah. I say, like, uh, you know, <laughs> if if you're... Thanks. I'm sorry. I just like that you preface that with, when I'm in the best, the best place, place. Let's start there. Let's start at the at best, the best place possible place. For me to respond. At the best possible place. They're doing this, and I'm like, you know, when you see something on the floor that's not supposed to be there... Instead of stepping on it or, like, skating on it, do you think maybe you could, like, pick it up and just put it on the table? Like, you could put it away. That would be really helpful. But if you're in the middle of something, maybe you could at least just pick it up and put it on the table. Like, those those are our things. We don't want to step on our things. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, like, skate on our... That's the best that's case. Really that's the good. best I can muster. Yeah. I don't even think it's that great. It's, There's, it's it like could a be 70%. Better. Okay. It's fine. When I see them do this, uh-huh. it makes me crazy. Yeah. It's so, it's such a fuck you, mom. <laughs> do you know what I I'm know, saying? I it is. It is. Like, yes, yes. I am hysterically laughing my anger out. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's it. That's all I'm I have. 
say. I, I kind of want to hear what it's like at your worst moment. I think you can probably I can. imagine. Well, we all know what mine is. Do you even want that? <laughs> if you don't care enough about it, I'm going to throw it away. You know? <laughs> Just a hag. I'm so sorry. Thanks. Yeah. That's but, something. Okay. okay. How are you? Speaking of pets. Yeah. Uh, Steve. The latest of the two guppies that were in our tank uh, mm-hmm. has passed on oh, to the great beyond. Okay. Highlights from this particular death. <laughs> well, Katie Bell, can you have death highlights? Yeah. Let's okay. fish. So All the right. first, A, the two shrimp and the two snails apparently are eternal. They never, uh-huh. they are just yeah. forever. Sure. Forever. Yeah. Fish, not so much. I think the fish have a pretty good shelf life in our house. I yeah. think they last quite a it's while. Been a while. It's yeah. been a while. But Katie Bell says the other day, I think Steve looks pregnant. Mm-hmm. To which I, and we all know mm-hmm. the history of guppies and what I have learned about the changing sex, holding on to semen and re-impregnating themselves mm-hmm. every month eternally. Eternally, again, mm-hmm. I'll say eternally. So that, I was like, huh, I'm not sure if it's pregnant or if it's suffering from what a majority of our fish have suffered from, which is sort of this weird stomach bloating thing, and then they die a few mm-hmm. days later. Mm-hmm. So I said, probably the bloat, but we'll see. Mm. Katie Bell, the day before Steve died, says to me, I don't want to flush this one when it dies. Mm-hmm. I want to give it a proper burial. Did she actually say those yes, words? Yes, those were the exact words. Oh, my God, I love her words. so much. And I was like, okie dokie. Yeah. So 24 hours later, Steve is dead. The funeral will be happening when Stefan comes home. Okay. We, Katie Bell has a place picked out. Luckily, I'd watered it so it wasn't rock hard. Mm-hmm. We get a little Altoid tin. Steve goes in it. Mm-hmm. Katie Bell has taken a black sweater and wrapped it around her head, sort mm. of. I, I think she has seen an image of a funeral yes. somewhere yes. and therefore is doing that. Yeah. But otherwise, she's in a nightgown because they've had to take their bath first. Right. We go out to the backyard under the lemon tree. Ellis digs the hole. And I have to say, Ellis did a great job digging that cool. hole. Yeah, I was, that was really good. That's hard to do. We lower the fish. Mm-hmm. We fill it back up. There happened to be a wooden spoon that had been outside for 8 million years. Mm-hmm. I took it. I wrote, Steve, mm-hmm. here lies a good fish. Rest in peace. We stuck that in there. Katie Bell said some words. We all had to say some words. Mm-hmm. And that is it. Okay. So that- Is it going to stay there? It's, we did pretty deep. Okay. I said, it's got to go deep. Well, but then like it's going to stay in that little, it's in an Altoid tin. Yeah. I don't know. This we'll will be something out. we'll find yeah, out. We'll find out. Yeah. Maybe anything. Yep. Speaking of death, <laughs> <laughs> I think that ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is our children speaking to us in an unkind manner and how that's killing our souls. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Kindness. Mm-hmm. 
It matters. Yeah. And we've spoken on the show before mm-hmm. about kids hurting our feelings. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about that per se. I think we're talking very specifically about that moment when our child is having their initial reaction to something or has been mulling over some injustice and they bring it to you. And we should all understand it's going to be about something you've done. Mm-hmm. And it starts with an attack. Yep. You lied to me. What? Like you're like mm-hmm. you're like making a sandwich. You lied to me. Or even in the moment, mm-hmm. it's you know that's not what I want. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You put a fork on my plate. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you're just like, and you're really caught off guard. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna explore yeah. today. Yeah. And I'm gonna just look at you. Oh, okay. And and ask, do you, does that happen in your house? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think what I'm hearing from you and what I'm thinking about for myself is a lot of like jumping to conclusions Mm. and then and reacting in a really extreme way, like jumping to conclusions and always to like the most negative possible. Right. It's like this thing where I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm making, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for a child in my house who likes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And the other one comes in and says, I didn't ask for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) Yes, yes, it is like, wait, hold on. Let's take 10 steps back because that's how many steps you've taken in the wrong direction. (laughs) It is like totally, it's just this whole other place. It's so weird. Oh my God. And I'm so so glad you've said that. Okay. Because it's like, there's, so it's, it's a kindness thing and it's like an assumptions thing. Like, and the problem that I'm having uh-huh. is how bad it yes. makes me feel, even though I know that it's kind of funny. It's like, it's, yeah. it's like, oh. it's not based in reality. Right. It's so, like, it's easily fixable. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, you misunderstood. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's, oh, that's actually, oh, is that, what you, my reaction. is that what you think is happening? Well, because if I go to I the know. place where it really sends me internally, yeah. we're going to have a very bad day. Well, we are really going to have a bad day out of one comment that one child made. Like, I have yeah. to, but this happens throughout my All day, the day. Many times a day. But I really like the, like, I know you're just kind of throwing it yeah. away, but the, like, oh, there's been a misunderstanding. Yeah, this was a misunderstanding. <laughs> oh. Such, I really like that. But even with the misunderstanding, uh, yeah. like what I want to say to my kids a lot of times is like, even if it were true what you think is happening, <laughs> this is not the way I want to be spoken to. So mm. let's talk about like how you can ask questions to find out more. Like if That's you're in so a position good. where you think something is happening and you're worried about it, yeah. can you approach me with kindness? And that means ask a question. I'm happy to explain to you what's going on. I'm yeah. happy to answer your questions at all times. But I want to be asked in like a nice way. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to train my kids to do. Like hey, just ask for more why info. are you making me the sandwich I don't right. want, Well, that's jerk. what that's what's happening. <laughs> that is literally what? the next thing that yeah. has happened. And so then I go, okay. <laughs> You're getting We're warmer. getting warm. Yeah, we are. We're getting there. So so assume that you actually don't know anything about what's happening right yeah. now. Yeah. What and and also assume that maybe the best possible thing is happening. What what could you ask me then? Like it's like yeah. it's really it's so much work and it's really hard for them to wrap their heads around I, it. I, I agree. It I, is. I, I agree. I think obviously there's something developmental happening. Yeah. But I don't want to spend this show falling back on that old crutch, guys. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I totally respect there's something developmental. And I totally respect that there's something we've got to do to help that. I mean, this is another one of those, you're going to be saying this a long time for it to right. eventually show itself. Oh, yeah. Great. But I think this is about our reaction and how it feels and how it adds up during the day. Because you're right. I hadn't even put that particular action, but that happens to us in the house all the time where, like, we're putting, I'm obviously feeding Ellis fucking fish sticks, right? right? Yeah. But his plate doesn't go down first. It's Katie, but yeah. I don't want spaghetti. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, that, you're yeah. not having it. Yeah. You don't, or I don't want tomatoes on yeah. my plate. And it's like, you don't have to eat them. Right. You, but they're yeah. on your plate in case you'd like to. No, you can't take them off and throw them yeah. on the floor. We're going to, you know, like you turn yeah. into that like weird sedated Daniel Tiger mom where you're like trying to calmly take him through it. Yeah. But I like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sedated Daniel Tiger mom. Thank Everything's you for that. okay. Yeah. We're all going to talk this yeah. out. But like, I don't have a song for this particular yeah. moment. But in our house, we definitely have that. And I, I also think there is, we also have a quick reaction high, like the reaction's an 11, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, right. not even the coming in. there Because I, I really, that is something separate, but part of this, the walking in, discovering you're doing something, assuming it's about them, mm-hmm. and getting mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck is that about? And then, but then there's also the, you're in the middle of something with the child Mm -hmm. and their reaction is like, Ellis's reaction will be awful. Like, why are we doing this? This is not, or he'll, he'll realize something's about to go not the way he thought it was going to go, even though he hasn't communicated, he wants it to go that way. Uh There's no, why would you get to play a game before toothbrushing? Like, I mean, I don't even know, but in his brain, he's worked logically through something. He just hasn't told anybody. So the moment that doesn't happen, it's, you're making my day the worst day ever. And I'm like, whoa. You're ruining my day. You're You're ruining ruining my my mood. My mood. Yeah. I've got new preschool talk. Apparently. I think it is. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Yeah. But like, but it's, my reaction is, yeah. again, it's it's the same as that. I'm not making you a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my right. mind. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's we're not going to suddenly play a game just because you yeah. thought that was going to happen. You're yeah. trying not to say that either. It, you're trying to explain. Like, right now, I'm so fried from the screaming that the best I can offer mm-hmm. the kids is, let's don't start from yelling. Uh-huh. I, oh, or, that's good. Or that's I can't very hear you. Forward. Yeah, or it's the whining thing because there's yeah. a whine tied yeah. into it. So I do the oh, that's really hurting my ears, and I can't yeah. help you because yeah. it's hurting my ears. Yeah, I want to help you, but we've got to use yeah. the quiet yeah. voice. That's probably better. I feel like I've been saying like really maybe too complicated of things no, where think- I'm like. I'm like, assume I have your best interests at heart. <laughs> like That's translated like, in my house, yeah, too. Like, have I ever done right. anything to yeah. harm you guys? Yeah. Have I ever, am I mean to you? Do I steal from you? Have I made you, like, yeah. have I peed on your sandwiches yeah. and handed it to you? Have yeah. I ever given you reason <laughs> right. to think? Right. Is a little, yeah. a little more direct than... I, I, what you say is better. No, I I'm mean, coming yeah. from a place of kindness. But it's but it's so that is so hard. I like know. they're not gonna understand that. I guess maybe till they're older. It's not. A, it's not just like a, a switch they can flip in their mind. Like, yeah. oh, I should just always assume mom is 
being like, nice has to stuff me. under control and mom, ha- well, mom knows what she's that. doing and mom knows what I need. Yeah, like, it ties into that reaction that we were talking about like maybe a year or so ago where it's like, Katie, I'll have a lemonade and I'll be like, oh, can I have a sip of your lemonade? Yeah. And the first response is usually no. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, I share everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Yeah. I take the lemonade and it's before it's even at my yeah. lips. It's this huge it's like, reaction of don't drink don't it all. It. Don't drink anything. Like, I know. Why would I do that? I know. Uh, but it's that there's clearly some sort of like self protection, yeah. self defense, which is good. It's just so weird when it's misdirected at us. I know. I'm like, like we are the you yeah. Know, you're we are the provider right. of all of this to <laughs> you. Be like, fine if it was yeah. like a kid on the street, right? Or like even a teacher right. or somebody right. that you know you don't have a deep history with. But we've been together, yeah. me being pretty yeah. nice yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm sure the people who are thinking broader would say, well, you're the safe space to yeah. respond that way. But I also don't like that because I don't want to like, I guess for me, my big things are, I appreciate that I'm the safe space uh-huh. for unloading. Yeah. But the unloading doesn't help me. It doesn't make me feel good. Uh-huh. That unloading can be contagious. Like, when they come at me with the, why would you even make me that? First, I have to do all this internal work to not respond at the same height, to bring it down, to help them understand. so much energy That takes a lot of work. Yeah. And then, but that still has to go somewhere. Right. It still has to get out of you. You don't just absorb it and And then you're fine. Yeah. 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 No, it still has to come out. Yeah. So it's going to come out somewhere else. And that is either going to be at the kids on some other thing where where I come in as if I am them. Yeah. And I start from a place of why would you know, why is the room like this? Why have you left this toy on the right. floor? Right? Like yeah. it I come in yeah. attacking about something that yeah. they certainly didn't intend. Well, I think that's partly why it stresses me out. Because I feel yeah. like they've probably learned it from me in yeah, some way. Yeah, I, like, I know. And I, I mean, yeah, but that's I, hard. But the thing is, is that we're kind of aware of it. So yeah. you're trying to process through. But if it doesn't come out on them, it's yeah. going to come out with, you know, with Stefan, with my right. partner, or with, like, you know, somewhere else. Yeah. And, or it's just going to pile up. Yeah. And then you have no place. But it's like... When are you supposed to discharge Mm -hmm. and sort of, because what we're doing is helping them regulate, right? We're helping them regulate these feelings that they're having. We're trying to walk them through this, Mm -hmm. right? But then where do we regulate? Where do we then work this out for ourselves so that we can continue to be functioning helpful parents, right? And I, that's still the big mystery that goes through, you know, whether, I mean, obviously that's self-care, that's whatever, but... It's still really hard if you're, you know, if you've got one, two, three kids or if you've got pets with the kid or whatever it is, it's usually not just one unkind act that you're walking into, right? Some, it's not just one person speaking unkindly to you. Mm-hmm. You could be finally getting one down and one finished and one resolved when the other one comes in and says, I, why didn't you cut my crust off? Mm-hmm. Jerk, right? And you're so yeah. you keep getting met with it. Well, and I think your point about unloading yeah. is an interesting one and in how it interacts with what you just said because I feel like we do want them to feel when they are feeling bad from like a hard long day yeah. or they're feeling tired, they can just sometimes be cranky and that's okay. Yeah. And it's we can we can we can absorb some of that for them. Like right. we want to like bear that load for them sometimes. Yeah. But then that can bleed into this other thing, which is just 
kind of creating a habit of that that's how they talk to us. Right. Which I'm totally not okay with. Or or worse, talk out to the world as well. I mean, not worse. I think that's a different thing. I think think what I'm talking about is the idea of, like, we're a safe space for them. Like, Uh, like I'm good with that. But when it comes into, like, I can just treat mom however. Right. That's where it – the no, that's not actually it. You can – have a hard day with me, but you can't just always come in and make demands or, no, just, or just assume, you know, I, I'm not going to just, you know, we've been talking about maybe anything recently. Yeah. And that's why I think like when my kids do make those assumptions and like come in at a 10 or 11, like yeah. you say, I do feel like I can't let those slide ever. Even yeah. if like I can try to, I can try to handle it as generously as possible and as calmly as possible. But I can't ever just make an excuse in my mind like, oh, they're just tired or, oh, they're feeling bad. Like, I feel like I have to point it out every time because I'm just like, this is never going to be okay. Like, please, please don't ever let this be a thing that's okay that becomes our dynamic. No, I think that that's really good. And I think part of that is saying, you know, letting them know you, you can understand maybe you've had a tired day. Yeah. Maybe you're stressed out. Maybe this is a misunderstanding or you're yeah. concerned. And that's fair, but that doesn't mean you can speak to me in that toe. Let's yeah. find a different way to communicate how you're feeling yeah, right now yeah. or what information you need from me right yeah. now. Yeah. No, like I said, it's it falls into that camp of uh, this is one of those things that you you have to be really regular with mm-hmm. and you're not going to possibly see the effects of this until much much later and until then just don't do anything nice for anybody <laughs> <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com, the easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and where you need it. You guys, Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. Biz and I both have premium memberships. And you can find care for everyone in the family, whether you need childcare while you're at work or need to line up a sitter for a kid-free date night. Care.com is there for you. And you can also find housekeepers, dog walkers, tutors, errand runners, and senior care. To save 30% off a Care.com premium membership, visit Care.com slash mother when you subscribe. That's Care.com slash mother for 30% off a premium membership. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. 
So my back has been giving me a little bit of trouble, and it's especially, like, after I've slept. So first thing Mm. in the morning is the hardest time. And I have been struggling with lifting Curtis out of the crib at that time because it's, like, already kind of inflamed, and I have to get him out of the crib somehow. And I was, like, in this conundrum, and I was talking to the physical therapist about it. I'm like, how can I get him out without – because I, like, physically have to get him out somehow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, as I was talking to her, I had this light bulb go on, (laughs) which was that I could take the step stool from the bathroom in with me when I go to get him in the morning and set it in the crib and let him walk up the step stool into my arms and then just put the step stool back. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That is a genius. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. My genius is that from the beginning to the end of the funeral for Steve, <laughs> I remained somber and respectful. Wow. And did not openly laugh. That's at, hard. At the, and it's not that I, was, I would be laughing at the absurdity of it. It's just that they were taking it so seriously. It's almost just because it's, it's so, so cute. adorable yeah. that I want to laugh. Yeah. And can't even with that. The thing Black on her around her head. It just was yeah. so amazing. Yeah, it's so good. It was so amazing. Good job. But I stayed very respectful. Respectful. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Hi, Biz and Teresa. I am calling with a genius, and I'm feeling pretty great about it. Uh, my five-year-old son has been asking us since the snow melted to go out and fly his kite, fly his kite. And, of course, he had to wait for the weather to be okay and find that perfect windy day. Finally, the day arrives, we go to the park, we pull out the kite, we start to set it up, and I'm missing the crossbar. And so we can't fly the kite. And he's devastated. He's like, Mommy, but we I've been asking. So I totally looked around, found a tree, took a tree branch, folded that bad boy and and broke that bad boy down into a new crossbar for his kite, fit it in, and we stayed at the park and flew that kite for at least an hour. And my son was super happy. The stick worked. I was a MacGyver mom genius. (laughs) Felt pretty great. Have a good day. You guys are doing a great job. Bravo. That is genius. That is. You are doing an amazing job. Yeah, good job. Yeah, so good. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So I've been getting a little too lax with letting Curtis carry my phone around sometimes. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it has a really yeah, good yeah. case now. And they're they're like a little more waterproof than they used to be. <laughs> and... I mean, I just, I don't know. It's hard. He picks it up and he carries it around, whatever. But so (laughs) we were over for dinner at a friend's house the other night. And, you know, it's my whole family and then their whole family. And he had my phone. I was taking pictures of the kids. And then he he picked up my phone and I was like, "Eh, whatever. And we were outside and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, time passed and I was having a glass of wine. (laughs) And I just totally lost track of my phone and so like near the end of the night it was time for us to go home I just can't find my phone anywhere oh my God. and so we have Jesse's calling my phone we can't find it we're looking everywhere finally I find it outside 
not only is it outside in the dirt, yeah. but like the kids had been using the hose out there and like bubbles and it's it's but it's been hot in yeah. the sun, but it's been in the mud. And so it's literally like caked oh my. in mud. I could barely get the case off. The case is essentially unusable. Now. I mean, the phone is still working. Yeah. It's just, it was so, it was wow. it was like an artifact from another yeah. time. Hot. It had been, the mud had dried onto it. I had to, I mean, it was, it's it was so It's amazing you found far, this phone. It is amazing. And it was just, I mean, it just, I was like, oh, this is that like many hundred dollars worth. Yeah. Uh, electronic device that I use all day long every day. Yeah. Perhaps I'll... I should just keep it in my pocket <laughs> instead of giving it to my toddler and walking away for four hours. Well, that is awful. Yeah. I am. I don't know. Wow. Can't explain it. It is what it is. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> all right. It's Stefan's birthday week. And every year for Stefan's birthday week, I put oh, Star God. Wars sheets okay. on the bed. Adorable. Full, classic Star Wars. That's great. They stay on for a whole week. Mm-hmm. So he's out with the kids. It's Saturday, mm-hmm. kickoff to birthday week. Mm-hmm. I go to get the sheets. Does he know you're going to do it? Yeah, yeah. He okay. has an expectation. Oh, okay. One sheet I know is being used as the tent over Ellis's oh, bed that I uh-huh. made a million years ago. Right. Not a big deal. Yep. I, luckily, I haven't taken it down. But I go to the bin where I keep the Star Wars sheets, and the bottom sheet's not there. Uh-oh. I spend an entire hour yeah. going through every part of our house. Oh, no. And I cannot find it. Oh, no. I text Stefan and I'm like, did we use it recently for like one of the kids, you know, bedroom campouts or whatever? I mean, I'm pulling out the air mattress from the garage oh. to see if it's filled up. We can't find it. And so I had this like backup shed of like Target Star Wars sheets. Mm-hmm. But Stefan's like, well, I really wouldn't want this. <laughs> I'm oh my like, God. well, then we're just going to get rid of these if yeah. you don't really want them. Yeah. But that's on the bed with the pillowcases from the original mm-hmm. set. On the bed, and it's enough. But where the fuck is that sheet? I mean, like, we would never have let it out of the house. It's used once a year. Very, very strange. It is, but I feel somehow it's a failure. It I have is a failed Stefan's birthday. It's a wife birthday. fail. It's a yeah. Wife yeah. Fail. I am not being very wifely. Hi, this is Teresa. This is a. This is a fail. <laughs> this is a fail, and it's the dumbest fail. It, it's yet another key fail. But ironically, I was listening to the Genius and Fail Spectacular uh, and laughing at the uh, at the call from the woman who had left her keys. And as I was laughing, suddenly realized with horror that yesterday at our first ultrasound for our first baby, my husband had given me his keys and had specifically said, Make sure you don't take these to work with you tomorrow. Well, I am right now an hour into my commute, and I'm turning around and will have to work from home today because there's no way I can get back. I can't go to work at 11 a.m. That's freaking ridiculous. So I I have to go home so that he can also go to work and so I can work from home, I guess, which that's the last thing I needed right now because I have 12 fucking cats in the house, and they don't let me work. Anyway, I failed. Bye. Wow. I love people. That's amazing. I just really like the tag of that. Oh, yeah. There's 12, also, there's 12 cats. cats there, and that's going to make it really hard to work. <laughs> 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 
I bet they all like to be on your computer. Yep. Uh, wow. Wow. That, it, That's so weird. It's so awful because it's yeah. the old like, uh, if you put it out there, yeah. it's going to happen to you. I know. If you call in sick, but you're not really sick, yeah. you're going to be sick. Right. If you listen well, but if to she somebody wasn't talk listening about, to it, yeah. maybe she wouldn't have maybe realized and I, driven back. So it actually oh, helped her. Oh, yeah. She would have gone all the way she to work. She would have gone all the way to work. Yeah. And then she would have been that key story. Right. Oh, well. It's all a key story. You're doing a horrible job. Yep. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Mosaic Chips. Mosaic Chips are crafted with organic ingredients you can spot. Green peas, yellow peas, potatoes, and black beans. They're popped, not fried, then lightly misted with organic extra virgin olive oil. A new kind of gluten-free chip with flavors you already love. Sea salt, barbecue, cheddar, salsa, and sour cream and onion. Deliciousness.com is your one-stop shop for new and innovative snacks with ingredients you can feel good about. From Mosaic's organic popped veggie and potato chips to Crunch Bites rice cracker coated almonds. Use code MOTHER at checkout to take 20% off your first order at deliciousness.com. Teresa. Yes. Let's call someone today. Hey, today we are calling Tim J. Myers. He's a writer, professional storyteller, and senior lecturer at Santa Clara University, and of course, a dad. His book, Glad to Be a Dad, A Call to Fatherhood, made number five on Amazon's hot new releases and fatherhood list, was featured on Parents Magazine site, quoted on Disney's Baby Zone site, and won the Ben Franklin Digital Award. His children's books have won recognition from the New York Times, NPR, the Smithsonian, and others. Welcome, Tim! Thank you very much. I, and I'm delighted to be here. I think you guys are incredible, and I appreciate that bit of fanfare. Thank you. <laughs> Doo-doo. Well, thank you. Let's Before we get into the book, uh, I would like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Well, I actually am uh, in, I'm in the older father category now in two senses. So <laughs> my wife and I live with our, our daughter, who's 26 years old, lives with us. Uh, we live in the Bay Area where rents are ridiculous, and that's part of the reason for that. But uh, I also, I'm a, an older father in second sense, and that my daughter was born when my wife and I were uh, 40 years old and 37 years old, respectively. There's some very interesting reproductive cycle math involved in that, if you <laughs> catch my meaning. <laughs> as, as we often say in our house, it's like uh, God decided to throw a kegger in our house and didn't tell us. You know, so we, had a, we had to do with that, uh, which has been wonderful. And uh, we have two older sons, uh, one of whom is a professor at uh, CU Boulder, and the other one is working on his PhD right now in history from Cornell. So oh my gosh! Yeah, I got yeah. my husband's a Cornell grad. My sister is a grad from CU Boulder. Look at that! Oh, it's weird. There you go. In fact, the CU Boulder kid actually graduated. Kid. Yeah, I know, right? Now. Graduated <laughs> from Cornell too. So we got a lot of big red in us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you definitely. do. 
That's just are we supposed to, we're supposed to exchange blood now, you and me, aren't we? Yeah. Well, like, uh, or yeah. you have to just do what my husband had to do, which is get behind real football, college football from the South. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, you don't have <laughs> exactly. a football team at Cornell. Anyway, we will not derail down that path. No, no. <laughs> We'll save that for another show. That's right. Let's get in to the book, Glad to Be a Dad. In it, you recount basically your daily life as a stay-at-home parent, and you do this perfectly. It is Thank hilarious you. and relatable, but I was wondering how that led to the inspiration for the book. Well, you know, it, it actually is a, a double inspiration. And one thing I should say quickly, too, is it's a pretty different experience to be a stay-at-home parent as opposed to a non-stay-at-home parent, and I don't either of those as being superior to the other. So this is a book definitely for, for all parents. I mean, that sounds like I'm plugging and that's not my point. I don't like <laughs> it when, I don't like it when parents judge each other and battle with each, with each other, which is all the more common in the age of the internet and all the rest of it. But my, my inspiration was first, because obviously not everybody has to get married. Not everybody has to be a parent. We don't believe in that kind of thing anymore, but most people do. And we find our human fate in family so often. And, you know, it's like Freud talking about the family drama. Uh, not that I accept the Freudian thing completely. It has, <laughs> it has its dark side, right? I haven't gouged my eyes out or anything. Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, and the other thing for me was that because my wife and I are just deeply committed parents, we always have believed in family first, there's a conflict that comes up. And I write about this some in the book. I would imagine you two are quite aware of it in what you're trying to do with yourself career-wise and, and life task-wise as an adult, it, how it's often in conflict with your family life, because family life is a huge commitment. So I was writing children's books mostly because I could finish them. I mean, I'm a writer with three kids. <laughs> so I thought, well, if I'm going to write a book and have be able to carve the time out to do it, I should write about what's happening in my life right now. It's deeply important to me, and, you know, there you go. So it was those, those, were, those were the inspirations. Well, if we do the math... <laughs> when you had your yes. kids. Can you talk to us a little bit specifically about the stay-at-home dad experience? This is something that we're still working on as a society Absolutely. to not make a big deal about, yet it's it's something we should also make a big deal about to make it normal so that it's not a big deal. So talk a little bit about uh, that experience for you. So I think the way you pose that question is actually perfect. Because on one hand, being a stay-at-home father, I got all kinds of, you know, I got all kinds of cred from all kinds of people. And, you know, my <laughs> wife my wife would express every once in a while in a gentle way, you know, it's interesting you're getting all this credit for doing something in the short term that women have been doing for centuries and are not getting any credit for. So, you know, there's, there's a basic injustice there. So, and my point always was, okay, so I'm doing my duty. And because my gender has been so horrible, suddenly doing my duty makes me a, a hero. I, you know, that doesn't that doesn't wash. On the other hand, like you said, oh my God, do we need to change? I mean, we're in the middle of it, but yeah. we need to change ideas about masculinity. So, um, you know, I stayed home with my two sons for about a year and a half, and like a lot of people, this decision was done in part because of our job and financial situation. Yeah. But when my wife came home and said, "Well," you know, you could stay home. And I, I have to say my reaction was, oh, my God, could I? That would be <laughs> awesome, right? And then when my daughter was born, I stayed. I was the primary caregiver from birth, you know, all the way through. So this 
amazing aspect of being a stay-at-home dad is suddenly you're living a more of a gender flexibility or gender openness than you've you know than you've lived in the past. My dad was very much an old school sexist guy, and suddenly <laughs> here I am. You know, I was the only this guy. I was the only male member of the Baker, Bakersfield, California Moms and Munchkins playgroup. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> I'd be with these women, and we'd be at the park, and the kids would be playing, and there was a, an openness to female experience that I got through that. I don't know how else I would have gotten it, except obviously my wife and I talk constantly. But So, so I, I think this stay-at-home dad thing really is a critical. I think it's far more important in the cultural history of America than it's being conceived to be. I think it's one of those things that's really fundamental, and I think it's a, a really important shift. Well, talk a little bit about sort of the portrayal of fatherhood. You do this in the book a lot. We're very pro-dad, and there's a lot of—you guys got to deal with just as much garbage as women do. Double dad, and, you know, my husband, if he hears the line dad joke— one more time. Oh. It's like, my jokes are fine. Just because I'm a dad does not. So talk a little bit about the idea of fatherhood, how fatherhood is portrayed. First of all, your husband, your husband and I need to talk because if we had a couple of beers and started getting going ape shit over the dad joke thing, <laughs> that conversation could last for a long time. <laughs> One of the things you see is that we have, and again, I don't know if this is worldwide, but certainly in the West and in America, the fathers have been so rarely conceived of as parents. Yeah. You know, real parent as committed parent. This is this is like the the glacier that I'm trying to light a little fire under, you know, in my life as as so many other uh, men are. So one of the things in the book I talk about and I've talked about elsewhere is this constant reference where mother, the word mother is used instead of the word parent. And again, I don't oh. I don't blame people for that because that, I mean that has been the reality. So yeah. it's not like people it's not like reverse sexism automatically. But, of course, for those of us, the now millions of us who are committed fathers, yeah. it's like it's like you've been pre-disappeared, you know? So That's I just thought, I don't know if you guys, Joan London's doing a bunch of commercials on TV right now about this. Um, it's a, uh, a referral service for parents who need, aging parents who need care. Yeah. And it's called A Place for Mom. And I'm like... <laughs> There are no dads out there who are, are having dementia. Or any, oh, and yeah. It, you know, I watch the ads, and it's like at one end, they show older mothers, and they show them, you know, happily at the facilities and with friends at lunch and all that stuff. And there's one guy they show from the back. And I thought, <laughs> first of all, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> but secondly, it cracks me up because I'm, I'm like, They're what is dead. my level of objection here? <laughs> we, We've done this to ourselves, you know? Well, but I think that's really important I, I, to to bring that up. I, you, my husband and I have these conversations about, you know, um, uh, using parent, mom, or dad as a adjective, right? As, right. And, right. And I think that's interesting to, to make sure we recognize things like mother instead of parent in those places. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those systemic things that— Sure. We've written in, it's, it's the marketing line that, you know, it's sure. the, the, thank you advertising. I think it's really interesting. So with that in mind, who, who did you write this book for when you were writing it? Who was, who were you thinking, Man, I hope they read this? Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny too. I, I, 
I hope writers tend to be honest about this kind of thing because there are always it would be so wonderful in life if you could just write in a pure sense but of course, there are always marketing conversations, right? Right. It's like you just said, thank you, advertisers. Yeah. Men are also, and it's men's fault to a huge degree, but we're also being shaped by these super rigid gender roles about what it means to be a man. Who did I write this book for? Well, I wrote it glad to be dad because we the ball is in men's court as far as I'm concerned, right? But it's also a book for women. And in fact, I've had many, many women who've read it or, you know, presented to have talked to me about it, said you shouldn't have called it glad to be dad because it's about parenting. So so there was that marketing issue. So really it was for it was for husbands and wives and particularly for me, young people. You know, I most critical, if not what the most critical task that humans do, it happens to us usually when we're young, still trying to figure out who we are and we've got to suddenly be parents. You know, something on your site about, you know, you're you're trying to figure out your identity. Yeah. You didn't marry an a-hole, but yeah. sometimes it feels like it because everybody's trying to figure it out, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's for everybody. Yeah, no, I, and I, I think the the core of, of what you're saying, which is, you know, if we if we want equality in our family situations, right, if we're, if we're really striving for this, regardless of how your family is set up, we have to be aware of our language surrounding gender Yes. When yes. it comes to to these roles. Absolutely. As well as our whatever we're bringing to it from our own history and our own experiences. So I I, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to link everybody up to where they can find the book. Uh, Glad to be a dad, a call to fatherhood, even though it's really for parents. Um, we, we totally understand. Uh, as a one bad mother show, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So, uh, again, thank you for coming on and joining us. You guys, I've loved it. It is so nice to talk to people about this crucial topic and in a way where we can get a few laughs in. Oh, my gosh, that's heaven. <laughs> well, you have a good day. Okay. Take care, guys. Thank right, you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Beginning this summer, you can listen to new episodes of Inside Pop every other week for an even deeper dive inside the world of pop culture. Now, we're still bringing you our brilliant insight, always on the nose opinions, and insidery inside information on the most interesting pop culture stories of the week. And we'll also have interviews with the pop culture professionals who create the culture you crave. For example, we'll speak to casting directors about how they find the right talent for the right role. We'll talk to music supervisors about how they choose the music to create the right mood. And we'll grill producers who'll discuss what exactly a producer does. Oh man, Sean, how many times has someone said to you, oh, you're a producer, so what do you actually do? So many times. (laughs) Same here. So make sure to catch Inside Pop every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun to indulge your pop culture obsessions. And to hear in-depth interviews from the movers and the shakers in TV, music, film, and more. Hi, I'm Paula Poundstone. And I'm Adam Felber. Adam, I haven't gotten one thing done today. Well, let me see your to-do list. Ah, yeah, well, here. Make 30-second promo for Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, so at least you're getting that done. Score! Except you haven't said what the show is about. 
We're like a comedy field guide to life starring me and you. I give useful advice, and we have real experts to talk about things like how to keep a friend or what to do when you encounter a bear. Bully for you, but you haven't said where people can find the show. Oh, MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. I think that was interesting and a good reminder about language, how we use it, especially when it comes to parenting. Yep. And yeah, I, I just, and how, how are we looking at these roles? How are we wanting to break with tradition? How are we wanting to shape our family dynamics in our house and in our society? So, you know, as always, there's a lot more to explore there, and we'll keep doing it every week. So check out Glad to be Dad by Tim J. Myers. Speaking of things to keep exploring, it's time for a mom breakdown. And I'm just going to preface, this one's a little different in terms of traditional rant, but I just really want to talk about it. <laughs> hey, One Bad Mother. Uh, I just left a message, half of a message, and uh, had to go deal with a nine-year-old who was being sick. Um, this is a genius a rant and a fail all at the same time. The genius part was when my son was three, I he came to me scared of the dark and said there was a monster. And I asked him if the monster was friendly. And we went and talked to the monster. And it turned out monster was friendly. And there was born our no afraid of the dark monster friend. The fail part is that monster then became an invisible friend who I occasionally had to turn the car around and go get back from home because he hadn't gotten in the car or pull over to the side of the road and get Monster off of the roof of the car because otherwise my son would have had an hysterical fit because Monster was riding on the roof and various other things, which is very embarrassing. Um to be standing on the side of the road with the door open, <laughs> shouting at the ceiling of, or at the roof of your car for something to get in. Anyway, and then my sadness part is we were talking, my nine-year-old and I, and um, he said to me, he's like, Mom, I don't see Monster anymore. And I realized that it's been a very long time since we've had our invisible friend, and he's getting so big, and that is a sad thing. Um, you are doing a really good job. Bye. I love you. Yeah. I. That's really beautiful. This brings me. Yeah. So this is, you just literally summed up the experience of parenting. In these three moments. Yeah. And I, I love this so much because it speaks so much to all the stuff that nobody sees you doing as a parent. Yep. The gift of love that you have given to your child by helping him through being scared of the dark to respecting the imaginary friend to that degree. Yeah. I I love this so much. I do too. And, yeah. you know, every parent is doing some version of this somewhere. It is so remarkable. And it's actually inspiring mm-hmm. to say, well, I know that this that caller pulled over to the side of the road and yelled at this monster getting back in the car. I'm going to I'm going to do that when my child asks mm-hmm. for something that seems completely mm-hmm. insane. 
I, of course, like you know me, I'm like this. It was a real monster. <laughs> Yeah. It was real, and it yeah. was up there, and I'm kind of maybe it's okay that they're not seeing him anymore. But I and then to speak to that next phase, the the growing up and not mm-hmm. seeing, and th- that your son recognized that he wasn't seeing monster anymore, mm-hmm. and like just you know that he's kind of going through this change of things that were imaginary to things that are real, and I just feel like. You've done this amazing job of showing him that you're there, you've got his back mm-hmm. to date, and that you're going to have his back with whatever the monsters are that are going to come up in the future. Mm-hmm. And I I just think you're doing such a good job. Yeah, you really are. I really love this call Me so too. much. I'm just never going to look at somebody pulled over by the side of the road with their door open, (laughs) yelling at the roof again. I'm going to yell, good job! Get in the car, monster! You are doing amazing. Yeah, you are. Teresa, what did we learn today? We have learned that kindness is very important to teach to our children when they are speaking to you. And in return out in the world. I think it's really valid what you were saying earlier about this is not going to be our house. Our house is not, I'm not going to be the house where the kid is talking like shit to his parents or her parents, right? Like, I'm not, Yeah. that is not, I am not carrying their backpack to college. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's, it is, it really is important because the feelings that we feel right now when they talk to us like that, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine sustaining that feeling no. as for the rest of my life. Like, how does that not affect how I feel about myself or yeah. how I let the world treat me? Yeah. And, I, I mean, it's the old, like, they got to res- speak to you respectfully. Mm-hmm. That is an important thing. And I think some combination of what we're doing, <laughs> speaking mm-hmm. over their head or mm-hmm. speaking way to the ground, mm-hmm. there's something in there to help them. And, it, you know, the real takeaway is we have to do so much work mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> also, we learn more rhymes. More rhymes. Oh we need more rhymes yeah. in time yeah. for the show every week before we go. That's not my best rhyming. <laughs> not at all. But you are clapping. I'm like clapping it, along. Which is it's something. It's pentamic. Whatever. I am a pentameter. I am a pentameter. I'm like pentamic <laughs> diameters. I'm not homeschooling. <laughs> it's summer, you guys. Summer. I got the summer fried. brain, guys. Yeah. I got That's something, the probably. summer brain. Yeah. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. You really are, guys. It's so hard. It really is. It's so hard. <laughs> it's just... You guys are doing such a good job. Especially when wow. you're trying to do something nice and your kid comes in and screams at you yeah. for it. Yeah. That's a lot. It really is. That sucks. Yep. No one cares. But we do. Yeah, we do. We see you. Yep. You're doing fucking great. You are. Teresa. Yes. You are doing a good job. You really are. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We'll both cry out the rest of this episode. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to load.
down Mama Blues. I got to slow down Mama Blues. Got to slow down Mama Blues. Slow down Mama Blues. Got to slow down Mama Blues. Got to slow down Mama Blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.